0: Welcome to Leo Rising, a living tarot and creative intuition podcast. Here we'll have a conversational exploration of tarot, personal and spiritual growth, and identity formation. It's less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. I'll process stories from my life, both from the past and from the current moments that I'm moving through, to give listeners things to think about in their own journey. I'll also be introducing you to wonderful humans who are exploring these topics in their lives, either personally, professionally, or both. So my name is Jenna Fox, and I'm an educator, writer, tarot reader, Reiki master, and queer mystical mama. What I'm not is an expert. So if you're a seeker, if you've got a curious mind or are interested in esoteric topics, then this is the podcast for you. And I'm so excited to have you on the journey. Let's get started, shall we? So today I want to tell you a story as it relates to my family and some ancestral healing work that I'm doing. But the story involves my youngest child, Grayson, who is two and a half. He is a little more than two and a half, but he is—he won't be three until next February. So, I still kind of say that he's about two and a half. And if you've been around toddlers before, you know that they are really chatty. They're becoming um, talkative and have stories. And some are playing. Um, games and they're able to use their imagination and they're really starting to blossom and become little people with like the ability to articulate their thoughts and feelings and not just have them and um scream and cry when when they're feeling stuff so This particular morning, it was a Friday morning and it was really early. I I tend to wake up around 5 5 30 in the morning and get up and I get myself dressed and try to get the car started um, So that it can defrost especially at this time of year because there's frost it's on the windows and it's really cold um, before I wake up my youngest son and typically then my husband gets him up and gets dressed so that we can kind of get the last push out the door because I commute with my son and our commute is about 45 minutes in the morning. So typically we're both pretty sleepy and we listen to music and And sometimes my, uh, when he's not, when he doesn't just like fall back asleep, we have these conversations about things that we see in the world. So my youngest is really obsessed with garbage trucks and airplanes. And so we'll have a a discussion about, you know, where's that garbage truck going and where did the garbage truck go, mommy? Well, this was... um, a different morning that this story took place and so my son was getting his pants on and we were all standing in the living room it was kind of chaotic my my older son was awake and the TV was on and my husband was trying to put Grayson in his pants and shoes and I was bustling the last like couple of things you know as a mom I'm, it feels like I'm always carrying bags of stuff out to the car and my youngest asked me, he, he was looking out the front window and he said, mommy, where did Peter go? And I just looked at him and I said, I don't know, buddy, who is Peter? And this is the first time that Grayson has ever mentioned somebody that isn't a part of um, our immediate family he talks about his friends at school and he talks about grandma and grandpa and he talks about his brother but he's never mentioned somebody's name that isn't a part of our immediate family and so who is peter buddy and he said mommy where did peter go peter is the man in the scary mask now initially when i hear this I have that little kind of like heart thumping um, it speeds up and I get a little bit nervous like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Did he have a bad dream? Is everything okay? Did he watch something scary last night? And I have some experience with uh, having an older child who has had some pretty intense um, experiences or recollections or stories that he's told me. And one of the things that I've done in my reading is, is to try to just, um, stay neutral, even if inside I'm feeling, uh, completely overwhelmed or unsure about what's happening and just to ask questions and try to parrot back what my child is saying to me, um, in, in a, in a sense to not like quote unquote, lead the witness, um, I never want to be kind of trying to put ideas into my kids' heads about things that they might be seeing or experiencing, but really just trying to get the information from them about their experience. And I say that because my older son had some stories that were very um, reminiscent or similar to past life, reincarnation stories, and I never wanted to be like either telling him or making him share things um, or putting ideas into his head but rather just kind of listening and validating his own experience so when I had Grayson was saying uh, where did Peter go and Peter wears a scary mask I was like what do you mean buddy what do you mean a scary mask and Grayson says mommy Peter wears a bear mask he has a bear mask and I said to my husband in a half sort of joking way as we were walking out the door, Sessom, Because when my husband was a kid, he had an imaginary friend who was like a a boy, and I think he had like a dog, a puppet dog, I'm pretty sure. Um, It wasn't my imaginary friend, it was my husband's, and so I'm not quite sure on the details, but it wasn't until uh, a year or two ago, so my husband's turning 40, and it was a year or two ago that we realized that my husband's imaginary friend, Sazam, which was he he said was spelled s-e-s-a-m-e but pronounced sesame. that my husband was the it was the word sesame like from sesame street but as he was sounding it out he was four or five that of course it would it would read like sesame. so i was joking you know okay grayson apparently has an imaginary friend or had a dream now My older child is very stubborn, but my youngest child is like incredibly stubborn. It is hard. He is not swayed by conversation changes. So if he's upset about something, he stays upset about it. And I can't, I can't, I try, but I'd be like, oh, look, a bird. Oh, look, an airplane. Oh, that, that car is blue. And he will like take the bait for about one second and then go back to whatever it was that he wanted to talk about. And so this morning it was all about where did Peter go, mommy? Where did Peter go? And he was very concerned and insistent on figuring out where Peter went. And so I just decided to continue asking questions. Okay, buddy, who is Peter? And through the hour-long commute, the things that he said to me was that Peter is a man. um, He has feet, which you know is an important toddler. piece of relevant details he has feet and wears pants like me mama uh peter has brown and white hair peter wears a big scary mask it's a bear mask um and then he was like with his hands gesturing of like how the mask looked and how he could see and and what it looked like and then um he said that Peter no hurt me Peter's nice he's my friend he, he said that Peter keeps me safe from the bad guys and he just kept asking where Peter went so let me back you up to one month before this happened or three to four weeks before this um, experience happened with my child and I was doing an ancestral healing session with Darla Antoine, who I've talked about before. And in, in this ancestral exploration, um, I was connecting with my four major ancestral lines and doing some guided visualization around meeting um, the, four, the four aspects of my, my lineage. So my mother's father's line, my mother's mother's line, my father's father's line, and my father's mother's line. And I hadn't really told anyone about this. I hadn't talked about it at all to my husband. We've been so busy. And also my husband is one of the, you know, three types of skeptics that, yes, I could share with him. But it also just felt really, really personal to me. And, you know, I've shared a little bit with some people. But meeting the ancestral guide. So um, it was on my mother's father's line. And so it was the pure father line as i was doing this guided visualization a month before my child was talking about peter a man in a bear mask i met an ancestral guide who at first appeared to be a bear so if you don't have chills right now i don't know what's wrong with you because that is this craziest part of the story so the ancestral guide that i met in a guided meditation visualization a month ago i he was a man but at first it appeared to be a bear because he was bent down and he stood up and he was a tall man wearing pants and had brown hair and was wearing a bear headdress Now, if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen an image of the King of Swords from the Pagan Otherworlds deck. And so that was what this um, ancestral guide looked like to me. And in this, um, I'm just going to call it a meditation because that's what it felt like. In this meditation or this trance state or whatever I was experiencing... um, I cried because the the exchange that I had with my ancestral guide, who he asked me to call him Bear, um, it was just it was beautiful and it was just it was very healing and very affirming. And some of the things that he said to me were very very affirming. And so, after the session was over, Darla uh, suggested that I pay attention to bear synchronicities. You know that bears just might pop up here and there and it might just be that little wink from my ancestral guide so I've been paying attention I read a book on bears that happened to come across my Amazon suggested you might like based on other books that I've read and you know there's the taxidermy grizzly bear that I saw you know in a random bookstore window coffee shop when I was visiting a friend and just just some different things so It's been a month and I have been doing some research on my family lineage. And so, you know, for I have the the fortunate ability to trace several lines of my family. And my mother's father um, had actually done a lot of family research. And so I was able to kind of I've been able to link in with some of the research that he's already done or he had already done because he's passed on. And I knew that in my pure mother's father's line, way back, I wasn't quite sure where, um, but I had come across it as one of the names that I had read. And you guessed it, it named Peter, right? So I get to work and I decide that I'm going to pull up my family um, tree Because I'm like, okay, how is it (laughs) that my child, my not even three-year-old child, is talking about a tall man in a bear mask who apparently sleeps in our backyard and keeps him safe, named Peter, is the same image that I saw in my guided meditation ancestral healing session. And I know that I have an ancestor named Peter, on that line in that that exact lineage so I'm on my work computer and I log into my family search site and I pull up the family tree and I knew that this particular line had gone back to like around the 1500s and I go you know I'm tracing it back and you have to click a lot of boxes to kind of move the cursor and and it stopped in the 1700s and I asked myself where did Peter go where did Peter go so the way that family trees work online is that people can you know remove and they can review different documents and things and it appears that in my one that family line there's been some there was some historical dispute about one particular family member, so it seems like it, this this lineage got um, disconnected from my ancestor, and so through this, I've actually learned a lot more about my ancestry, and and I uh, was able to cross reference with another ancestry site and find um, this uh, a relative of Peter's who we were looking for his name was john and he was like several generations um earlier in history and so i was able to find the information back and reconnect with peter and put him back in my family tree and he is the oldest relative in that line that i know that i have details for which is pretty fascinating to me so um where did Peter go? I think it's it, it was just interesting that A, not only is my child seeing the very same image with his eyes that I saw in my guided meditation and had a name for, um, but that it was actually matching something that had happened on in the cyber world. Uh, when I looked at the date that the Peter, that the um, lineage had been removed, it had been like a day or two before this experience. So I had not, planned on going back and looking at this lineage um, because I had done a lot of research and I I tend to kind of cycle through my interests and and different lines that I'm looking at and so this alert came um, through my child to go back and look at this ancestry and to You know, then reconnect him back up with my uh, my family. So, this Peter Peter um, Prust or Priest. So the lineage that I know is Priest, but it's often in the Waybacks. um, uh, Also spelled P R U S T was born around fourteen fifty nine in Devonshire, England, and died in about fifteen oh nine in Cornwall england so been doing just a little bit of research about peter and uh there isn't much research i can do but i'm able to find a little bit about um, the family in uh, devonshire and visiting um, cornwall and then kind of just doing some reading about england at that time which is um, henry the sixth and pre Tudor time and there was the War of Roses and I'm just trying to do like some some research and really kind of see okay this this is the the earliest known named ancestor that I have um it says he's the son of another John so then that means that I would know that that there maybe is a further relative John um but so so Peter's back okay So I reach out to Darla online and I send an email and I say, I just wanted to tell you this, um, this interesting story. And, and of course, you know, everyone that I had shared with, as it was kind of happening in live time, I had some people that I felt um, really safe to share this with because, uh, it kind of seems bizarre and nuts that, that your kid has this imaginary friend that was the same thing that I saw. Um, and it's like, I'm a believer but there's an added level of believing something when your kid is confirming it um, with their own eyes so i was like okay you know so all this happened in lifetime and i was experiencing this and i was like wow this is really cool and really neat um and let's kind of give it a rest because my kid once he got to to daycare before before i was able to do all the genealogy you know he just said mommy where did Where did bear Peter go? Where did bear Peter go? So the next day after I had done the re linking in to the genealogy website wake up, it's morning and my child, my youngest, it's a Saturday morning and he comes out and the first thing he says is Mommy, where did Peter go? Is Peter back? And then he looks out my front window. It's a big 10-foot picture window that, you know, overlooks our street. And he says, oh, mommy, there he is. Peter's back. So I again asked him to describe to me Peter. Because I think that it's important for me to, it's important for me any aspect of my own skepticism to kind of, have uh, that part uh, reconfirmed and you know he again described peter wearing a mask and um you know he says he's in he sleeps in the backyard which he was pointing to the front yard so i went to my pagan other worlds tarot deck and i pulled out the king of swords and i handed it to my son grayson and he goes oh mommy that's peter look and he holds up the king of swords who was it's an image of a man um wearing a bear headdress and he holds it up to the window and he points out the window and says look mommy look it's bear peter so there we go bear Peter is back peter the bear bear peter peter my ancestor <laughs> bear my ancestral guide um so then he says mommy peter wants juice and so (laughs) this is it's just interesting to me because having been raised in a very conservative christian environment where ancestry and ancestors were not honored in this way um, hearing from my child a way to honor an ancestor who is coming to provide guidance and um, provide safety for not just for me, but also for my children, is then requesting um, what is, seems to be so common in ancestral honoring traditions of leaving food and drink for the ancestors and the ancestral guides. Um, so we poured a glass of juice and left it on my front porch And in the day before, as I had been talking with my best friend about this and talking with um, one of my other really close friends who's kind of uh, aware of my child and sort of aware of this ancestor work that I've been doing, is what do I do with my older kid? Um, Because I've been really hesitant, I guess, to bring these aspects into my child's lives um, in the intentional and um, like a forward way. I've been really passive about my passing on of spirituality um, toward my children. We attend a church. We have conversations. um, I talk about to my older child about my being a witch um which i think he thinks that i'm just play acting um we do he has created my older child is almost seven has created an altar and we've talked about talking to his great grandma who he misses and um, he also talks to jesus and so there's been some um there's been witnessing of spirituality and reconnection and trying to do some of these traditions um but there hasn't been just like a codified like this is how my fam- this is how our family does it which when i was a kid there was traditions that were passed on in a very sort of overt way um of like this is what we do on christmas eve and this is what we do and this is what we say and this is our family devotional time and this is this and this is this and i haven't done that and so it was actually really interesting to have my my youngest say that uh peter wants juice and so to kind of do this ancestral tradition but then uh the the, the kind of the wrestling or the going back and forth inside my body is how much do i bring my older child into this story is this um, is this real is this real enough for my kid to experience it um And so he asked, you know, we were, we were heading on, um, a car trip and he asked, um, mommy, who is Peter? And so I, I started with, I shared the story that Peter is one of my way back ancestors. He's my 14th great grandfather. And so we talked about that. And, um, and my older son said, oh, so he's a ghost. And so I talked about how, um, I had do it, been doing meditation. So, my older child and I, we've been, we do meditation tonight together every night. We will do it again tonight. Um, we do it every night. And so, he is aware of the concept of doing meditation and imagining things in our mind and seeing things in our mind and experiencing stuff like that. And so, um, I shared with him that what Grayson saw or what Grayson sees is Peter and it's a man dressed like a bear. And, um, and so he goes, oh, so Grayson can see spirits. So nonchalant, of course, like children are, right? Um, it's not like if I told my boss this at work, he'd be like, oh, your kid sees dead people. Cool. Like, but my, my older child is like, oh, so Grayson sees spirits. Um, and he said, uh, mommy, I think we all have special powers. I, I, he goes, I can't see Peter, but I think I can hear him which i don't know the validity of that but i also don't know that that's not true right um i can sense that my my older son wants to be a part and wants to connect with this um this energy and this and so i said well mommy doesn't see peter with her eyes she sees her he she sees him in her mind when she meditates Um, but you can talk to peter because peter is real Peter is part of our family and Peter's safe. And then I talked a little bit about some of the psychic safety things, right? Like if we can't see somebody or a spirit comes to us, it should only be helpful. and you know, let's let's have some similar boundaries with the dead and the ancestors that we have with, you know, like living people, right? So I, I say all of this, and I'm in this place of like incredible, curiosity and joy and I feel this really beautiful like sense of um set I guess settledness in my body as I experienced this and then it was about halfway through the day after this whole experience happened and I have two Instagram accounts so I have my tarot um Instagram account and I but I have one that I'd started a a longer time ago because I do I write essays and and I'd had an essay published and it was published like months and months ago but it was re um retweeted now that the um magazine that I write for has um gained in popularity and so they retweeted re-instagrammed an image and there was a comment thread started um you know they always say don't read the comments right so there was a comment thread that i kind of got sucked into and have still been sitting with and kind of wrestling with and trying to figure out um how i fit into this it wasn't a comment thread about my actual written piece it was a comment about my instagram bio because in my Instagram bio, I had said that I was a queer adoptee um, reclaiming ancestral wisdom and witchcraft through witch or through witchcraft. It was something to that effect. And the comment thread that happened or resulted from that was, in a sense, a call out um, Although I feel like the way it was done was actually, was actually okay. It was not, um, it didn't, it didn't feel like, um, some of the, the really harsh call outs that I've, I've seen online. So it was, I would say my experience or my feeling of it was in between a call out and a call in because it wasn't like somebody messaging me privately, um, who I know and trust and as I can tell having like a really, um, good intention um but it it was somebody was saying that uh i should be careful because this idea of reclaiming ancestral wisdom is uh one another person jumped on it and said that it was um you know hippie white shamanism bullshit and and then it's appropriative and and so what resulted was for me In um, examining my Instagram bio, which I did edit, um, one person had mentioned had said something on um, the thing that it would have been cool that I could I could just call myself a Nordic witch and that would be cool um, that I don't need to use the words reclaiming ancestral wisdom. And, you know, the, the editor of the magazine told me that I should probably just like stop engaging with the comments. It was kind of getting derailing, even though, um, I feel like I handled it, I handled it okay. Um, but so I've just been starting to think about this idea of like, ancestor work and ancestral healing and, um, and there's just some things that have kind of bubbled up for me is, uh, I am not a Nordic witch and I am not a Czech witch and I'm not a um, English witch and I am not um, any of those ancestral lineages that I have I am not that and I'm also not trying to be cool so I'm not trying to have uh, an Instagram bio that sounds cool I was actually trying to have an Instagram bio that was um, honest about what I'm doing my, my process of what I was doing but. There there were several comments that really made me think about this idea of engaging with ancestry because um, as some of the people were saying is that like reclaiming ancestral traditions and wisdom um, has been hard for people of color and indigenous folks because it was illegal and it was colonized and it was taken away and that the being able to go back and find this information there like like I know from genealogical research like it has Super benefited me. It's a huge privilege to be from um, European traditions like African um, and South American and Native American and um, There's so many other cultures that don't have the paper trail that colonizer white europeans do like they just don't um and so that's like a huge privilege to be able to find out that peter was born in 1459 Uh, um but there's this experience that i have lived with which I would like to write more about and and even talk more about is that I feel like some people still believe or buy into the idea of white American culture is any aspect of white American culture is the same aspect of white American culture and and what it does for me as an adopted person is reinforce this idea, this kind of cultural narrative that it didn't matter which family I grew up in, that any white family would have been the same white upbringing. And in no way do I want my experience as an adoptee and a white adoptee who has freaking 99 of a hundred (laughs) privileges to be compared to people whose cultures and mass have been just stripped from them like there is so much reparations and healing and work that needs to be done and our society needs to stop it stop it like the bob newhart um you know uh clip but it is really painful for me to see pictures of my half siblings wearing their Norwegian outfits and knowing that my great grandma spoke Norwegian and knowing that they were raised with these traditions um and not raised with the traditions divorced from the actual familial bloodline experience of the traditions because i gotta say seattle's a pretty nordic friendly town right that there's a suburb of ballard and i grew up i got to go to like the nordic history museum and i my birthday's on saint lucia's day and I grew up studying and learning one aspect of my family history, but I didn't grow up in a family that that was, they were passing down to me the lineage practices from my familial bloodline. And, and so when I'm doing ancestor work, I'm, I'm trying to reconnect with a family and a biological bloodline that I didn't know for 25 years of my life the first 25 years of my life and so that was where the nuance on Instagram that it that the conversation didn't get to go and devolve into that nuance of a conversation because um it wasn't even really what the topic of my essay was about and it was starting it you know it was just starting to become um there was just it's ripe for so much um division in in just a comment not a comment war because i felt like people handled it really 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 well um and the comments that they were they were making are really actually great things to think about is is this ancestor work is it appropriative um and i don't know If I have a really good answer for that, um, because I'm trying to connect and learn about my ancestry because I was disconnected from my ancestry. And I think that everyone should be able to learn about their ancestry. Um, there were some people that were suggesting that the word reclaim should be reconnect, rediscover, or, um, you know, looking at just different word choices Um, and even then the conversation around ancestors that not every tradition has this idea of like ancestor connection or worship or, or, or whatever. Um, So it then sparked kind of for me another exploration, not just of my, my own specific biological family and reconnecting and reclaiming my my place in those families um because you know money money was exchanged for me i don't think people like to think about that um but adoption in the united states is like a billion dollar industry um my parents had to pay to get a child and it's in a in an essence buying a person um Yes, the money didn't go directly to my biological parents. Like it wasn't cash for a baby, but it was cash to an agency to procure a baby. Um, But thinking too about the lineage pre-14, 13, 12, 11, 9, 8, you know, pre-Christianity. Because my family doesn't just go back to Peter my bloodline doesn't just go back to Peter, right? Or his parents. And in none of my lineages, do they? They all go back 1,000 years, 2,000 years, 3,000 years. And so some of this exploration that I'm doing does reclaim or reconnect me to practices of this most recent past like when I'm reading about um, Norwegian rituals and remedies, and um, looking at the way that they did tincturing and working with like the nine sacred herbs that um, you know European people had, and looking at um, some of those some of those things that um, we can really trace to particular times and places in you know the last several hundred years is thinking about the ways or trying for for myself in in witchcraft and this practice is what takes me back even further? And do I have a right to that that was before the colonizer came and colonized the people of indigenous Europe? And I think that that's where um, I'm stuck i guess is is in that exploration of um reclaiming what i consider to be indigenous roots to a a place a time and a place europe um without that being appropriative of indigenous people who are still experiencing suffering and colonization and discrimination and just oppressive white supremacist um, systems that have been put into place and that continue to be put into place and so that's this this interesting kind of um, bubbling emotional vulnerable cauldron that I'm bathing in right now is I'm having these experiences these beautiful Um, or just had this beautiful familial ancestral guide experience Um, and it feels really 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 true and really really good for me Um, and is it as an experience diminishing or is it appropriative of the idea of like quote-unquote spirit animals or people dressed a certain way because um because i saw what i saw and it feels really true to um the actual historical evidence of my family um but it's it's this really kind of uncharted territory area that I'm not sure about. I don't have a lot of uh, answers. I don't have a lot of answers. I have a lot of ancestors. I don't know them all. I'm trying to meet them all, uh, not meet them all, right? I don't want to meet the the crazy, the crazy ones that could be potentially harmful. So I'm curious um, as I'm doing this long and this winding ramble around ancestral wisdom or ancestral healing or ancestral connection is um what's your take on it what's your um what your opinion i would love this to be uh, a conversation because um i think conversations are important and and hearing stories are, are important they're important to me and so um in my own exploration i want to be i want to be really free in my own exploration of my own family lineage uh to come across the beautiful parts and the shadow parts and the um the ways in which i have um, experienced harm and been the one doing harm as the bloodline um and so yeah i guess i i don't really have any good stopping point um, in, this, in this podcast episode is just an exploration of your thoughts on connecting with ancestors and connecting with ancestry for your own personal healing and connection, um, as well as sort of trying to heal or explore what healing could look like as a collective for going forward as a society so i would love to hear your thoughts um you can find me on instagram at leo rising tarot or you could email me leo rising tarot at gmail.com um or maybe you want to be on this podcast and i would love to do an interview with you we it doesn't have you don't have to be selling anything or trying to promote a business um I would just love to have conversations about this or other topics. So don't hesitate to reach out and I'm sure there will be more on this conversation because, um, it's, I feel like it's only just sort of unlocked another layer of my own journey into not only my own family line and my own experience of ancestral work, um, but kind of like a larger conversation that I might want to have in the in the world. So definitely don't hesitate to reach out would love to would love to chat with you. Until next time, take care. Hey, friends, thanks for listening to Leo rising a tarot and creative intuition podcast. As of January 2021, this podcast and all of the information is archived. So feel free to listen to the episodes. The wisdom of the tarot is everlasting, but much of the information about um, booking a reading from people has changed in the last couple of years. So know that there isn't a tarot um, Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course I will update that in the future if it changes.